Well, I want to welcome you to the Hills Church at home. In fact, this is Father's Day, so all of our dads that are either watching or listening want to say happy Father's Day to you. And to everybody, you can go to our website, hillschurcharcadia.org. Download today's message notes. You can also download the kids activity sheet on our website. You can find all of our updated service times, events that are taking place here shortly. So my title today is, in fact, we've been going through um, the Sermon on the Mount, but my title today, I'm going to jump forward a chapter, Your Heavenly Father. This is actually going to be the words of Jesus, but it's Your Heavenly Father. And let's jump right into um, Matthew chapter 6, verse 25 through 34. In fact, if you go back up into chapter 6, one of the things that Jesus talks about is the Lord's Prayer. And it starts out really by two things of one, honoring God as your Father, and also trusting in Him that He's going to take care of that daily need that daily bread. With that thought in mind, Matthew chapter 6, let me read these um, verses to you. This is verses 25 through 34. Therefore, I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body or what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing. Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are they not more of more value than you? Which of you, by worrying, can add one cubit to his stature? So why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil or spin. And yet I say to you that even Solomon in all of his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Now, if God so clothed the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, Will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore, do not worry, saying, What shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? For all of these things the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knows that you need all of these things. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Well, one of the words that sticks out, in fact, is the word we're going to read here, the word worry. He starts out, Jesus starts out by talking about don't worry about your life, what you'll eat, what you'll drink, what you'll wear. In fact, he lets us know that the birds of the air don't worry. Don't worry about your stature, your height. Don't worry about clothes. 
Don't worry about all of those type of things, but seek first the kingdom of God. In fact, he says, don't even worry about tomorrow. Now, for many of us, the I wanted to read verse 25 because it's actually going to give us a couple different wording scenarios. The New King James, which I just read out, says, Therefore, I say to you, do not worry about your life. The King James Version says, take no thought in your life. In fact, there's another version. The English Standard Version says, do not be anxious for your life. So do not worry, take no thought, and do not be anxious. Yet, in our world, we are constantly thrown at us um, money values, self-image value. One is, it's interesting, if, if you were just to pay attention to the day, um, we have websites that list what different people's net worth are, and the the number one person in the world, their net worth is somewhere over $207 billion. The very next person on the list is somewhere about $135 billion. And what's interesting with this individual is they've come up with a name of a clothing line and they're worth that much money. The uh, number one quarterback going into uh, this year's NFL season is due to make just a little over $50 million. Remember, and that's paid out in a 16-game season, $50 million. College sports. If you looked at just college football, uh, these guys are signing what's called NIL agreements, name, name, image, and licensing and many of them are making between $500,000 and a million dollars just on their name, their image. We're throwing out these figures. In fact, some of us will talk about a sports figure and they'll say they only got X amount. I mean, the, the money's imaginable. The other thing that's easy to fall into is those that are on social media or follow social media Notice that people are actually um, given money to wear certain things so that it will cause you to go out and purchase that one idea because they're wearing it. In fact, it's the whole missing out. If you don't have this style, you're missing out. That's how our society goes. If you don't have X amount of money, if you don't drive this vehicle, if you don't wear this clothing, then you're missing out on life. And Jesus said that if you go that way, that's what brings worry. You'll never compete. You'll never add up. You'll never be there. But he's going to give these descriptions, which I think um, allows us to go back and to focus in on exactly what he said. He said, think of the birds. Now, when I got up this morning, um, I immediately hear birds up and they're already chirping. I hear some crows. I think they call it cawing. And the birds are up. Uh, as you know, birds eat seed. They eat insects. As birds get larger, they eat other prey. Um, there will be birds today that are going to be eating French fries that kids drop it in and out. There's going to be some seagull uh, because somebody's going to be sitting on the beach with their Subway sandwich. And a seagull's going to take the opportunity and take their sandwich. But here's the interesting thing when Jesus talks about birds. They don't work. They're not out working a job. They're not saving in a storage barn. 
yet God has provided for them from the beginning that they have things to eat. He talks about, don't worry about your stature, your height. Worrying about it won't allow me to grow another six inches in height or shrink down a couple inches in height. He talks about the lilies of the field that, that um, the lilies of the field he clothes. Think about of the most beautiful flower. Even if I go and I purchase from a store what they might call a spring bouquet or a bouquet of flowers that's a bunch of different colors, and I take it to my wife, it's beautiful, all of these different colors. There's nothing fancy about them, but the colors are beautiful, and God is the one that clothed and created that. Jesus mentions about the grass. You know, uh, um, many people are have immaculate grass. They make sure it is green as can green. But you know what? Sometime this week or the next week, the grass is going to get cut. All that grass in our end is going to go into a trash or what they did back in Bible times, burned it for fuel. All of it's going to be burned away, but it was such lush green grass. Jesus says, look at the beauty of that. Don't worry about what you're going to eat. Don't worry about what you're going to drink. Don't worry about all of those things that you're going to wear. Don't worry. Don't allow those things to cause worry. In fact, we read um, in the book of Ecclesiastes, when Solomon, um, again, was kind of, that book is going through the vanity of vanities. Solomon talks about all the things that he had, all the things that he, he was focused on. In fact, if you were to look up and you were to study Solomon a little bit, it's estimated in today's numbers of wealth, Solomon probably would be worth two to three trillion dollars. The amount of gold, the amount of silver, the amount of properties that he had. In fact, Ecclesiastes chapter two, verse eight through 11 lists some of the things that he had. But listen to what he says in verse 11. He says this, but when I looked at what I had done and I thought about all the hard work, suddenly I realized it was useless. Like chasing the wind. There is nothing to gain from anything we do here on earth. He had everything. Servants, singers, property. He had everything. In fact, uh, he mentions early on, if you read, he didn't let anything hope. He saw something he wanted, he got it. He bought it. And yet, here's what he said. There's nothing to gain from anything we do here on earth. Ecclesiastes gives us that picture where he talks about vanity, things that were empty. It did not satisfy. You know, you could have your eye on a certain um, product, idea, a vehicle, clothing, uh, jewelry, and isn't it interesting that you can save it? The minute you get it, it's not like you're satisfied. Now, you might be satisfied for a day or a week, but then all of a sudden it's that that innate self, that nature that always wants to have, feels like it has to have more. You get that new car. You're so excited until 30 days later when that first payment's due. Solomon said it's like vanity, things chasing the wind. You know, we experienced this personally just a year or so ago. You know, um, in all of the years of ministry, I've done weddings. I've performed weddings. I've also performed funerals. Actually, I've done more funerals 
memorials and those things than weddings. But what's interesting, I've always done different weddings, different settings, beautiful weddings, small weddings, backyard weddings, huge weddings. But we experienced this on our own is um, going and sitting down and looking at places for wedding venues. When you say the word wedding, you feel like they go back into some other closet and pull out a separate notebook that has separate prices because uh, they make things so expensive. On the other hand, I've done more funerals, memorials uh, for people. I have yet to ever see a hearst pulling some type of U-Haul trailer, a boat, wave runners, anything of what the person had. In fact, it's true what the Bible says. Naked you come into the world and naked you leave. You don't take anything with you. And yet we can spend an entire life worried, worried about things that become more important than people. In fact, the word worry means this, to be anxious, to be troubled with cares, right? To be anxious. Well, that's kind of the translations that we were looking at. It was saying, don't worry. Take no thought and do not be anxious. Don't allow the things of this world to cause you to worry. You need to trust your heavenly father. Get off of being anxious and get off of being troubled with cares. But can I ask you today, if you were to have to write down, what are you worried about? What are you worried about today? And are you more focused on earthly things than heavenly things. You know, and the statistics don't change year to year. I looked them back up just to make sure that it hasn't changed. Statistics are still the same. 40% of the things that I worry about never come to pass. 30% of the things that I worry about are in the past and they can't be changed. 10% of the things um, have to do with health People worry about their health. Um, only 8% of the things you worry about are legitimate. And, but here's the important thing. Worrying about it isn't going to change it. It's not going to change it. And that's why Jesus used this analogy that he says, after all of these things Gentiles seek, but your heavenly father knows you need all these things. So don't worry about those things that you can't control. I can't control anything in my tomorrow, but God can. I can absolutely control everything that's happening with me right now. Don't allow those things that you worry about to control about you. You know, Gallup poll does these surveys every year and really finding out what what, uh, specifically Americans worry about. Number one, money. Number two, the work that you do. Number three uh, recently has been the economy. Number four is family responsibility. Number five, personal health problems. Money, work, economy, family responsibilities, and 5% personal health problems. Capital One has a what's called a credit-wise survey. 
They also have done a survey. 73% of Americans rate their finances as the number one stress. So think about that. Number one stress. And Jesus said, I want you to go to the small, one of the smallest of animals, the birds. They're not working. Well, we know this. Proverbs lets us to know if you don't work, you don't eat. They're not working. Uh, they're not um, working a field. They're not saving in a barn. Yet, the Heavenly Father um, takes care of them. The birds singing, right? They weren't complaining this morning when I heard them. They were singing. The These animals that have, whether or not they know it, they have trusted in a source to take care and provide for them. Yet we go back to it's money, work, the economy, family responsibilities, and personal health problems. And Jesus just said, for all of these things the Gentiles seek, and your heavenly Father knows that to live in these days, you need money. He knows about the economy. He knows about your work. He knows about your family responsibility, and he knows about your health concern. And that's why he says, your heavenly father knows that you need these things. So listen to this with me. People could care less about Jesus um, that are dominated by earthly things. They could care less. The earthly things seem to satisfy them. And the treasures that they have, but here's the problem. They still become overcome with worry. Even if they put Jesus and God completely aside and they strive for things, right? Earthly treasures. If they strive for those things, they're still overcome with worry. When we worry about our jobs, our health, our money, our bills, our kids, our cars, our clothes, we're actually acting like the world. Worry exposes that our ultimate hope is not in a loving and caring God, but in the things of the world. Think about this, or ourselves, that we think that we can supply for ourselves. But the best way, think about this, the best way that we can show this world the gospel in action is when we don't allow worry to control us. Think about that. The best way that we can show the gospel to this world in action is when we don't worry. Glorify your Father, your Heavenly Father today, and do not worry. If God provides for the birds, He gives beauty to the flowers, how much more Will he take care of those that are made in his very image? It really comes back to what Jesus said. Who are you seeking? If you just think about with me for a minute, when you got up today, you thought about all of the things probably today. You got up and got ready. You got up and, and wore some clothes. You got up thinking about the events of today. And it's very easy to get overwhelmed and to get off of the fact we're to seek first God's kingdom. And all these things 
will be added unto you. In fact, it's really one of the things that Jesus said in John 16, verse 33. In fact, if you read, if you back up, even chapter 16 before, he's talking about the Holy Spirit that's going to come. But he uses this analogy. He says, these things I have spoken to you that in me you may have peace. In me, you may have peace. In the world, you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. In me, you'll have peace. When I find myself stressed, overwhelmed about money, time, resources, health, family, all of those things, I need to remember that I've gotten off being in him and trusting in him. And he talks about that that peace that he gives surpasses all understanding. In fact, it's really what the Apostle Paul said in Philippians chapter 4, verse 6 through 7. He says, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your request be made known to God. Notice, in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Have you prayed about those areas and then given thanks to God because he's taking care of those things for you? But then he goes on and says, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, that peace is going to guard your hearts and mind through Christ Jesus. So when I'm given over to the stress of money, work, economy, family responsibilities, health problems. I haven't gotten into the peace of God. I haven't sought the kingdom of God first, like Jesus says. And that's that best part of that. He provides something that will surpass all understanding. You know, I tell this story um, often this last couple of years in the church when we were First, going through uh, the COVID shutdown back in March of 2020. And we had initially seen really a dropout um, in the giving at our, our local church in Arcadia. And it actually, we had sat down and looked at that um, if this was going to be the trend, that really we only probably had enough resource for the next month or so to cover our really the necessity of just the bills that were from the the previous month. Well, um, we were getting phone calls and and it was usually late in the evening and we would retrieve those in the daytime of a gentleman that was calling the church. And finally, I was able to um, connect with him one afternoon. And what I found out was um, he was up late until like late, 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 early in the morning and then slept through. He was a very elderly uh, gentleman and had attended the church years and years ago. The reason that he was reaching out was that he had made a faith pledge back in the early 70s to the church. um, And I don't remember exactly what it was for. I believe it was like maybe like a building. He had made a faith pledge back in the early 70s and he never fulfilled it. And he was reaching out. This was probably early April of 2020. He was reaching out because the Lord had been prompting him to fulfill that pledge. Now, I'd love to say that that pledge was now uh, equated into like millions of dollars and it wasn't. In fact, it really wasn't about the amount. 
if he would have said that that faith pledge was $5 and he was reaching out to fulfill it, um, I would have said, thank the Lord. But here's why I tell that story. I knew then after getting that call and after uh, removing all of that pressure and stress about what is this going to look like in the next few weeks, not, you know, or days, that God had spoken to the heart of somebody that had made a pledge back in the early 70s that this was the day, the time, and the hour to reach out for it to be fulfilled. In fact, if I remember right, we had probably exchanged phone messages four or five times. And you would think about that because of his um, hours of being up in the middle of the night that he would have just given up and he didn't give up. I tell you that story because I, I think it specifically applies to your life that God will do things in the midst of whatever situation you find yourself to remind you that he's your heavenly father, that he knows exactly what's going on in your life. He sees everything. He sees tomorrow into your future, but seek him first. Seek him first. Don't worry about what you're going to eat, what you're going to wear. Don't worry about um, what you're going to drink. Don't worry about the clothes. Don't worry about all those things. He knows you need all of those things. But seek him first. He'll provide for all of those. In fact, the greatest way to know that you can live without it is if you can give it all away. Right? If you could give it all away, if, if you could give it all away, you'll know the things don't have me. The things that are most important are the things that are eternal. Eternal. Let me pray for you today, whatever situation that you're in. Father, I pray that um, anyone that is given to worry, anxiousness, that it's in their thoughts, in their mind, it's been beating them down, that today they would sense a freedom, a release in you. And I would pray over you, be free in Jesus' name. Get off of the world structure system and get into God's family. In fact, he said, he's your heavenly father. You know, the thing we read in the Bible that God says that he owns the cattle on a thousand hills. The silver and the gold is all his. In fact, if we were to think about it, everything that is um, here on planet Earth is all his. He spoke it all into existence. It's all his. We're just his stewards. In fact, if we really think about it, we're really just passing through this earth. We're to seek first eternal things. In fact, if you're listening today and you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life, in fact, this sounds totally different to you, not seeking earthly things, heavenly things, the real things. The most important decision that you can ever make is following Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Would you pray this prayer with me? Dear God, I believe that Jesus lived, died, and rose again for me. I accept him as my Lord and my Savior. Thank you for forgiving me of all of my sins, and today I'm in your family. 
in Jesus' name. Amen. In fact, if you prayed that prayer for the first time, the most important thing to do is tell somebody. Maybe somebody's been talking to you about the Lord Jesus. Maybe it's a neighbor, a coworker, a family member. Would you reach out and tell them right now? You can also reach out to us by either social media platform that you're viewing, or you can email us at info at hillschurcharcadia.org, or just go to our website you can fill out our contact information as well. Well, our tithe and offering verse today is out of Psalm. It's verse 55, verse 22. It says, cast your burden on the Lord. He shall sustain you. He shall never permit the righteous to be moved. Cast your burdens. Even in your giving today, as you give, Don't have a second thought in what you're giving because God is the one that's going to supply all of your need. Pray this prayer with me. As I give in today's offering, I stand my ground of faith and I will not be moved. I have given my tithe and my offering in faith. Now I stand my ground expecting God to work with my faith. I shall not be moved. In Jesus' name, amen. If you're giving today, you can go to our website, hillschurcharcadia.org. It's safe, it's fast, it's secure. Also, as we've mentioned the last couple of weeks, if you would like to give to support our Kids Vacation Bible School coming up in July, it's a completely free event for our kids, but it is a costly venture that we take on. You can also find that on the drop-down link. You can also give by mail. You can write to us, the Hills Church, P.O. Box 661419, Arcadia, California, 91066. If you need prayer, you can uh, click the link on our website or email us, prayer at hillschurcharcadia.org. And this week of um, June, um, this coming Saturday, We have our free food ministry. We serve free food from 10 to 12 o'clock. It's all uh, held within our fellowship hall. Come on out. Invite somebody to come on out. Uh, Also, you have an opportunity to be ministered to and prayed to as well. Well, Psalm 121 and 2, and this is important, even with our title today, I look up to the hills, but where does my help come from? My help, your help comes from the Lord who made the heavens and the earth. The Lord bless you. Hey, have a great Father's Day weekend. Get off of the worry and the stress. Be anxious for nothing. Seek first his kingdom and know this, that your heavenly father knows that you need all of those